sing every one. How is everyone doing? Let's stand together. Have you come to lift the Lord up? Let's open up with this hymn today. Somebody give God praise in the house this morning. Amen. So good to see everybody. 100 days of glory. We are still on the way there. Just hang in there, folks. It'll be gone before you know it. Just keep hanging in there. Keep fighting. Whatever you're laid aside, just you're going to make it. I promise you. 
you're going to figure out in the end it's worth it. That Coke you quit drinking, that chocolate you've been craving, whatever it is, I promise you, God's going to bless you for it. Uh, there's also, if you don't, uh, like you said, if you don't have internet and or apps or anything on both of the sidewalls back there as you walk out, there's some baskets there and there's some information about 100 Days of Glory if you want to know more about that. Also, we got Junior Talent Lunch and Practice next Sunday. That's February the 13th. Food will be provided uh, with practice in the choir room following service until 2.30 that day. So parents, parents, please see the bulletin for upcoming practices. Parents, be sure to see the practice schedule in the bulletin after this week. It's listed, all right? Reminder of the Home for Children fundraiser until the end of February. We're accepting donations. So if you want to give uh, to the You Can Market as Harvest Festival or, um, you know, just uh, home for children food or whatever, just some way that we know that you're wanting us to purchase the spaghetti sauce is what we're buying this year. And they do this every year, so we're going to try to uh, take care of them. Also, there will be a baby shower given by family for Andrew and Sammy Bagwell, the expected little girl. That will be next Sunday, February 13th, from 2 to 4 in the Family Life Center in the front portion of it. A box will also be in the foyer starting next week for gifts until the end of February if you're unable to attend. Everyone is invited. We have a church meeting coming up February 20th at 6 p.m. That will be held in the uh, worship, or I say the worship part, in the basketball area. Uh, it's our kids' worship for Upper Kids Church, but in the gym to discuss phase two. The meeting will, of course, be for members and for financial supporters that night. So if you're a supporter... And I want to be a part of that. Please show up February 20th at 6 p.m. to hear about some possible um, plans for the future. Also, we have a youth fundraiser selling tickets today for two Dollywood tickets. And they're going to be $10, I think, a piece for the uh, red raffle tickets. They're going to be on the front porch. So see Dylan or some of the teenagers out there on the front porch to get yours. Dollywood's very expensive. I took my family a while back, and when they said it was over $300, I about fainted. It's expensive. So $10 ticket really isn't that much. And plus, even if you don't win, it's not about that. It's about supporting our youth. They're, they're doing a fundraiser, so we're doing it to help them out. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and play for me, Sandra. I'm going to give a few, a few prayer requests. We're going to open a prayer today and ask God to continue to move in this service today. Prayers requested for the Dutton Newton family. Continued prayers uh, for Bonnie Moody as well. Good to see you today, Bonnie. And also for George Latour, uh, who have been going through some cancer and, and things like this, treatments, and so I want to pray that God would give them strength as well. I also have several requests you may have heard on the prayer chain, for you that are on the prayer chain, it's not just our church family, there's a lot of extended family that's been sick here lately, so we want to be in prayer for all of those, God knows the needs. Let's be in prayer for this service today, that God would just come by and bless us and minister in this house. I have a word for you today that I'm excited about. And I believe the Lord's going to use it to bless us today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this powerful day that you bless us with. The sun shining outside, the blessings and favor of God are all around us. We ask you today to open up our hearts, open up our lives. Help us, Father, to get into a spirit of worship, a mind of worship. Help us to push aside every weight, every sin, everything that may easily beset us or sidetrack us or distract us from being in this house today. So, Father, I pray that you would touch us. Let us show up. Let us be here. Even though some may be here in their body physically, I'm asking you to help us to spiritually show up today. 
Open our ears, open our hearts to what thus saith the Lord. Find every hindrance that may try to interfere with the channel that we have directly to our Father in heaven that is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. Bless us today. Bless every request, everyone that is in need of a touch of healing. We speak that over them today. Those that need emotional touches, Father, from loss, I'm asking you to bless them and be with them today. And again, Father, fill this house. Let thy will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. How many, how many of you know God is faithful to his word, to his promises? Hallelujah. Let's worship him together, church. I count on one thing. Same God that never fails. He will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. But oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. And yes, I will bless your name. And oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy in all my days. Oh, yes, I will. Bless you, Lord. Count on one thing. If the same God that never fails will not fail me now, and you won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late, is working all things out. You're working all things out. And oh, yes, I will.
you to worship. Can we lift our hands in the presence of God today? Thank you, Jesus. We feel your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, anoint, anoint. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today, I want to deal with the subject entitled, The Lord of the Break. Throughs. The Lord of the breakthroughs. We should never underestimate this. I, I, I want to show you a story really quick as I start uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. I wish I could preach every part of it, but today I'm going to have to kind of just manage your time wisely, our time wisely here. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, and for you that weren't here on Wednesdays, we just got finished dealing with David in 2 Samuel. A lot of stories there about him that are pretty powerful. This is a really good one. I don't even think we talked about this one during our Wednesday night. Just can't cover it all. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. But the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless or without fail deliver the Philistines into your hand. It's good when you know you've got God on your side. So David went to Belperazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. It's kind of like the dam that holds the water in. We used to say at Nuri when we pastored there that if that dam ever broke, the village of Nuri would be absolutely dissipated. It would be gone because the water would break through so strong. That's what David compares this move of God in his life to. He says it was like rushing waters just breaking through every obstacle, everything that stood in the way. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images there. My God, have mercy. They left their images, their idols, because quite frankly, nothing else mattered. Now that God had shown up. You know, I love it when we reach a place in our life that when God fills the void... We don't need all this other stuff. We don't need houses to be happy. We don't need a nice, shiny, fancy car to make us happy. Once God has filled that void, you can say, leave it behind and give me Jesus. So they left their images there. They left all the stuff that was weighting them down there. And David and his men carried him away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord yet again and said, shall, shall, um, You shall not go up, he said. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be that when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you. To strike the camp of the Philistines. 
And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. My God Almighty, hallelujah. Somebody ought to say amen. What a powerful story here. <clears throat> now, you can never underestimate the power of your breakthrough. Now, today you're going to hear that word a lot. The word breakthrough, because that's what we're talking about. You can never underestimate what happens in the spiritual world when a breakthrough on earth takes place. See, I looked up the word breakthrough and it means a sudden dramatic instance of achieving success. How many of you know I'm dramatic? Can y'all tell? But do you know that God's dramatic too? Because that's the way breakthrough is. It's sudden and it's dramatic. I mean, God causes a scene to happen when breakthrough in the earth starts happening. When heaven touches earth and all of a sudden miracles are taking place and things are happening that shouldn't happen. It is a moment that we achieve success over whatever it is in our life. A breakthrough is that moment that we know that God has intervened and something has happened. We feel different when it happens. It is what I like to call a wow moment with God. It is something that, you know, if, if God gave you a, the breakthrough that you needed today, and I called you next week and said, do you remember what God did? If you said, I, I don't recall. You ain't had no breakthrough. If I ask you a year from now, do you remember February the 6th? You're going to look at me and say, I'll never forget. That's true breakthrough. That is when God did something so dramatic and sudden in your life that you recognize it. That is exactly what goes on in David. We cannot underestimate the power of breakthrough. Because you don't know what the breakthrough that you have means for future generations to come after you. It is like this. I believe in family uh, generational curses. And I believe that oftentimes the fathers pass down to their children things that they don't need. There comes a time that we have to break through that and we have to say, there's no more alcohol that's going to invade this house. It's not happening anymore. There is no more abuse that is going to happen underneath this roof. There is no more of whatever it may be. There's no more fussing in this relationship. There's no more demeaning one another in this house. It, it's done and it's stopping now. You do not have any idea what happens when you begin to break through that, that barrier that has been generational in your family. The enemy wants you to believe as an individual and a child of God. He wants you to believe that you are a failure today. He wants you to believe that victories are no big deal. But I want you to understand it is a big deal. I've had people tell me, well, I haven't done this or that in a week. And you think, a week? What did you do? But for people that are fighting with things, one week's a lot. Seven days is a lot. And for some of you folks in here that may not fight with a lot of addictions, it's kind of like your 100 days to glory. Do you feel how bad you crave if you did it right? How bad you crave that item that you can't have. That's the way addiction is. You want it. It's, you've got to have it in your life. You cannot live without it. And see, Satan doesn't want us to celebrate what we call small successes. He wants us to think we're a failure. I only set, what's seven days? You know, that's nothing. 
But see, the reason he doesn't want you to celebrate it is because he knows you're getting closer and closer and closer to that big breakthrough. That moment where God says enough is enough. I'm going to pull it out of you. I'm going to take the desire away from you. Somebody ought to say amen if you know what I'm talking about. So don't allow the enemy to make you think today that you are just a failure. That is not true. God is blessing you. God has favor planned for you. God has has already declared it over your life. He is blessing you not only for yourself. He is blessing you for generations to come after you. Whenever God promised Abraham, everywhere you walk, you are going to be blessed. He went on to tell him, the blessing is not just for you, Abraham. The blessing is for your children. For your children's children. For your children's children's children. To the third and the, my God, and the fourth Generation, you are going to be blessed. That is why it is so vital and important today that we do not allow the enemy to hold us captive any longer. We need to declare it today. What does the word declare mean? It means to say it, speak it with your mouth. We need to declare that the mess stops here. It will not continue in my family any longer. It will not continue in my children, our future generations any longer. Because a breakthrough can be perpetuated or started through you. And then like Abraham, it will continue for future generations. Some of you may have known when I was a kid, my father was a drinker. He was an alcoholic. A matter of fact, coming up, all I remembered was pretty much, you know, when he was able to work, it was just the weekend drinking. You know, you can't get too drunk if you got to go to work during the week. But after he got disabled, every night. Daddy's drunk. Every night, daddy's drunk. My mother prayed for that man. She'd get anointed sometimes and lay hands on him at the house. Sometimes they wasn't too holy hands, but anyhow, that's beside the point. She prayed for that man. God set him free, set him free, set him free. All, all my whole life, I remembered a drunk daddy, a drunk daddy, a drunk daddy. Not that he wasn't a good man. He was a great man. Never touched me, didn't, 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 wasn't abusive, nothing like that. He was a spiritual drunk, religious, so he'd cry when he got drunk and want us to sing gospel songs, you know, how you see on TV sometimes. It's true, folks. It's true. Some people, when they get drunk, they want to talk about Jesus. And he'd sit on the porch and he'd talk about Jesus, preach a sermon to you, and wouldn't talk about him any other time, just when he'd get a little alcohol in him. What I'm telling you is I decided that day and said, you know what, devil? This is a generational curse because I did not know my father's father because before uh, before I was even born, his name was Sonny is what they called him. Sonny was already dead and gone. So I didn't know who he was. Never met him a day in my life. But the one thing that I did know about him, anybody want to guess? He was a drunk. And so his daddy, and I didn't even go down the generation to figure out what Sonny's daddy was. I have no idea about Sonny's daddy. I don't even know Sonny's daddy's name. But Sonny was a drunk. My daddy became a drunk. And so I decided in my life, I said no. Sometimes you just got to say no. And I said no. Not in my house, devil. No, not for my children. Not for my generation. Not for their 
generation. It is going to stop right here and it's going to stop right now. And instead of declaring negative, I begin to declare blessings over them. And I declared favor over our house. And I declared an anointing over my house. I call prophets and prophetesses over my children at my house. Because the devil wants another generation. But bless God, I'm breaking through that mess in the name of Jesus. It ain't happening in my house. See, there's something about breakthrough that we have to understand. And that is that breakthrough begets breakthrough. The word begets means that it gives rise to or it reproduces itself. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I try to read my Bible through in a year, it gets tough when you're like, D, beget Jimmy, and Jimmy, beget Johnny. Except for it's more like Hezekiah, and you're like, what the? A Zillarilla, and you're like, who? And you're just trying to pronounce them. And you know as you're reading it, you're saying every word wrong. You just know it. Even if you're doing it right, you just know it doesn't, it's not right. You go through those baguettes. And to us, it's not that important. But my God, they're so important. We talked about it Wednesday about the throne of David. And how that Jesus said that I'm coming through the throne of David. And when you get into the genealogies and this one's begetting that one. And Jesse's begetting David. And David's begetting. And then all of a sudden you keep following down until finally it ends with Jesus Christ. So the begets are pretty important. So the word beget means that you just keep reproducing something else. And so breakthrough begets breakthrough. That is why you need to celebrate when you have a small breakthrough. It may not be the major one you've been wanting. But if God comes through for you and you have a victory, a good day, a good night, you better celebrate it. But what I need to give you the promise of is that just because you had one, don't stop there, honey. Keep on believing because there's something else that's begetting something else. There's more reproduction taking place because breakthrough leads to another breakthrough. And then another, oh, God Almighty, until finally you see that God has come through and changed everything. There's more on the way. It is a cycle that the enemy will try his best to stop. But once you get into this mode and this mindset of breakthrough... I can make it through anything I face. When you get in here, the devil is going to try to jump in the middle of the cycle. But I want to tell you, it is a cycle that the devil cannot stop. Once it gets to rolling, my God Almighty, you cannot stop it. It creates a culture. Of breakthrough. What is culture? You know, when you think about Clemson Tigers many years ago when Dabo came in, the one thing that he wanted them to understand and a culture he wanted to create was an all in culture. What that meant was if you come to this house and if you're going to play for this team, you're not going to be for Georgia Bulldogs or any of the other teams. If you are going to be here, you're going to have to sell out to us 110%. I am all in or nothing. And I want somebody to understand today, listen to me closely, that I want to create a culture of breakthrough in the church. Do you know what the word culture means? I wrote it down. Culture, quote, means that is how people do it. Around here. 
So when you come to the team and they say all in, what it means is he gives everybody a chip. And what it means is everybody thinks that way around here. If you come to this school, everybody thinks, man, we're going to win. Man, we're going to succeed. I'm going to give my blood, guts, and glory to this team. I'll do anything it takes for us to be champions. I'm all in. And I would to God that we would build a culture of breakthrough around our church. That we understand there's no devil in hell that can stop us. When people come to this house, they're going to say, that's how we think around here. We just believe there's a God that's able to do things that we don't even dream possible. We believe there's a God that can perform a miracle. A God that can break through in your life. That's just how we do things around Gap Hill. A culture. Have you ever been around people that live, they kind of swim in. It's like swimming in a culture of breakthrough. They're positive people. They have faith when they shouldn't have faith. We'll call it ridiculous faith. We need a culture of breakthrough in our families for future generations. We need a culture of breakthrough in our churches. Not just for us, but for future generations that are coming after us. We understand bad days, right? Anybody ever had a bad day? I mean, we know they're going to come. We're not in some perfect fairy tale world here where we never have trouble. We know bad days are going to come. But religion has taught us. I'm serious. It's taught us that it has to be this way forever. We're preaching sermons of doom and gloom. We're talking about, oh my God, it's the last days, bless God. I just don't see where it gets any better from here. Our generations are lost. Riding in the streets. I mean, I just don't see how anything can change. Well, I want to tell you, the Lord of the breakthroughs can change it. And when He does it, He'll do it just like that. And you'll say, I don't know how God did it. I don't know how that situation changed. But that is the God that we serve. Just ask David in our text. When the enemy is all around you, coming in like a flood, the Spirit of God goes before you and lifts up a standard and says, you got to get out the way. Pushes the enemy back. Watch this, watch this. Oh my God Almighty. So we know that religion's taught us bad days. A hopeless generation. That is not what God wants us to believe. Jesus has come so that we can flourish. Jesus has come so that we can conquer. A matter of fact, it's not over. Even though at times it may seem that way. I'm going to tell you, some days I, I have to quit watching the news sometimes for about a week. About a week. I pull myself together and then I can go back and watch another episode, right? Oh, God. It just gets to me. And I'm telling you, the days of of revival are not over. Now, we can talk about it all we want. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I said something the other week that God pricked me with. When I told y'all the other week, the world's economy is not God's economy. That means that while while Egypt is starving to death... Israel's eating the best meals they've ever had. While the, so, so, so don't tell me God always takes care of His people. While the Egyptians are itching and scratching and the plagues are hitting them, God's people are cozy in their little tents. Everybody warm and things are going great because God always watches out for His bride. He always watches out for His people. So listen to me. I'm here to tell somebody today that the best days are not behind us. I am here to tell the church that any time that a people gets hungry for God, I don't care whether it's the beginning of days or if it's the ending of days, 
days when people get hungry for God and they lift their voice and turn from their sins every single time. God said, I'm going to show up and there's going to be something that's going to happen in the earth's atmosphere like you've never known before. It's when God's people's hearts are prepared and ready for a move of God. It happens. It always has. It always will. So get over this thing that it's over. It's not But we do know we have bad days. And we do know that we know what pain is. We've all been there. We've lost loved ones. We've had relationships that fell apart. We've had kids that maybe have rebelled against everything we taught them. We know what pain is, folks. But today I need you to understand something very important. There will be pain before there's breakthrough. And the God that we serve, you know, I was thinking about how that when I was growing up, you know, we used to eat, and y'all remember these days, when your parents be talking about, don't you waste anything on that plate. Amen. Anybody remember that? You eat it, and you eat every bit of it. My dad made me sit at the table. We sat at the table one night till about 1230 at night. He was convinced, maybe he was a little tipsy, but he was convinced that I was going to eat every bit of it, bless God. And Mama finally got up and said, Jim, please, just, just let the boy go to bed. He's got school tomorrow. And now I love greens. Any kind. Turnip greens. I don't care. Pour some hot stuff on them and I'm ready. Peppers. I guess it's because of that. But they said eat everything. But the point was, you don't waste anything. Right? You eat all of it. That's why there's some avid hunters that whenever they kill an animal, not only do they utilize it for food, but oftentimes they'll even take the skins and dry them out and they're making rugs and they're making blankets and all type of different things because they don't want any part of that deer or whatever animal it is to go to waste. See, and I want somebody to understand that that's the way God is with our pain. There is not one drop of pain or one ounce of pain that you are going to go through that God's not going to take it and waste it. He's going to use it. He is going to turn pain into productivity. A matter of fact, your pain is productive for you. Your pain has a purpose for you. When you come out on the other side of pain, there's promotion waiting for you. There's better things waiting for you. There's an increase waiting on you. Just ask Job. He went through more pain than we'll ever be able to even imagine what he went through. But when he came through the other side, what happened? He had not one time more. He had two times more than he had before. God even gave him his children back. Come on, somebody, and shout amen. What I'm telling you is even though you're going through pain, God is not going to allow any of it to be wasted. He's going to use it for your benefit. And you're going to look back and say, thank God that I went through that. If I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't be as strong as I am right now. Oh, God have mercy. And so back to my text as I bring this thing to a close. David was from the house of Perez. Now you wonder why I read the text today. It is because Perez means breakthrough. Somebody say breakthrough. You with me? Breakthrough. Now notice... It's in the singular form. Not in the plural form. It's just a breakthrough. That's what Perez means. I want you to understand something about David. And I, I love David. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And as we were studying First and Second Samuel, I even loved the guy even more. 
just, just recognizing the anointing. I mean, my God, this is before they're even speaking in tongues and have the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is just all over this kid. From the time he's a kid till he dies, the anointing is resting on him. He's got flaws, he's got failures, he's got imperfections. But in the end, he ended up having a heart after God. He's a God chaser. That's what I love about him. The anointing on David attracted an enemy. Oh, God. Now, I know some of you. Do I got any deer hunters out there? Now, some of you may be dumb enough. I, I just used that term. Yes, I did. You may be dumb enough to pour deer pee on you. What the deer doesn't understand is you are the enemy. And when you take that deer urine and you're putting it on your feet and you're spraying it and you're putting it all over yourself because you want to cover your human scent. Y'all have been living together for thousands of years. They know what you smell like. They ain't dumb. What they don't understand at that moment, for your family now, the deer's not the enemy, that's food. But they don't understand to them we are the enemy. And it is that deer urine and these scents that we're using that we try to attract the deer to us. And I want to tell you, that's the way the anointing is. Oh God, I feel like preaching today. If if you are bathed in the anointing, you are going to attract some enemies. Not everybody is excited about the anointing on you like you're excited about the anointing on you. David was excited. He's exuberant. He's young. He's happy. Man, the ram horn of oil has been poured on me by the great prophet Samuel. I'm anointed. I'm walking in favor. But not everybody is as excited about the anointing as David is. And so the enemy began to attack David. You are not attacked because you are flawed. You are attacked because you are favored by the great God above. And when the anointing is on your life, the devil is going to show up. You are not a threat to the enemy. If there's no anointing on you, he won't never come around your house. He ain't worried about your house. It's the houses that have been bathed in the anointing. It is the house that it says, not in this house. The power of God. God's going to reign in this house. No sin in this house. We're getting it out. We're leaving the images and the idols behind. No more addiction in this house. You are going to attract the enemy. He's coming knocking on your door. Get ready for it. He'll do it through other people. He'll do it through your mind. He'll do it any way he can. But the same anointing that attracted the enemy is the same anointing that is going to destroy. Oh, God have mercy. Jesus help Jimmy today. See, I want you to understand that David is walking in the anointing. And so when he walks to the battlefield, what does his brother say? They are jealous of his anointing. I mean, they, they, they look at him and say, what are you even doing here? They attacked him because of his anointing. He went to Saul, and Saul hated him because of his anointing. He went and stood before a ten-foot giant, 
And the ten foot giant mocked him because of his anointing. But David looked at him and said, oh boy, you can mock the anointing all you want. But the anointing that is on me is the anointing that's going to cause you to fall flat on your face. And I'm not going to kill you with my sword. I'm going to kill you with your sword. With the anointing you're attacking. Woo! I need somebody to understand that when the devil comes to your house over your anointing, you better start speaking in tongues and rebuking him in the name of Jesus. Attack him with the anointing and favor he's attacking you for. Boy, that, oh my God. Somebody give Jesus praise in this house. I got to hurry. The enemy is never going to quit. But he is always going to lose. The enemy is never going to quit. But the enemy is always going to lose. See, the devil knows today. Regardless of how many little victories he wins. How many people he convinces to go to hell with him. The one thing that he knows is he was a loser in the beginning. He was a loser when he was falling from heaven. Like the star falling on the earth. He's a loser in the end when he's falling into the pit of hell that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. He will be cast into the lake of fire. He's going to burn there forever. No wonder the devil devil will never quit. It is because he knows his days are numbered and he knows he is going to lose. So, let's do the math. If the devil knows that he's going to lose... And if I know that I'm going to win, what's the problem here? Why are you walking around in defeat? Why are you walking around without victory? Why are you walking around with your bottom lip on the ground acting as if you've lost your best friend? You're on the winning side. The devil's on the losing side. Claim your anointing. Claim your victory. Claim your breakthrough. Now David couldn't just turn around and ran. He chose not to do that. The valley that they meet in in our text was the valley of Rephaim, which means in the Hebrew word, the Old Testament, it is the valley of giants. Before you go into a battle, you always ask God for guidance, right? And you ask Him for strategy. And that is exactly what David does in our text. He says, shall I pursue the enemy? Shall I go after them? And God said, go get them. Because I'm already there and I'm fighting for you. Watch this. David went to the Valley of Rephaim, the Battle of uh, the Valley of Giants. He defeated the giants when he gets there. This is important. He changes the name of the place to Baal Perazim. Now, to y'all, that doesn't mean anything to me because I've got notes and a bunch of scribble, it means everything. Because I know that Perez meant breakthrough. But I also know that Baal Perizim means the Lord of the breakthroughs. It is not singular. It is plural, my God. Because he knew that the God that he served was going to do it again and again and again and again. What I'm telling somebody today, not only that day did God break through for David.
David, but he was a breakthroughs for everyone in that army. I want to tell somebody today that by the time we leave this house, we don't have to have a breakthrough. I wanted to tell somebody we're going to have a breakthroughs because God's going to break through for more than just me or you. God's going to break through for everybody. So it's no longer the valley of giants, but it's the Lord of breakthroughs. My God, today I hear something. Go ahead to the piano, Sandra. I'm closing. So, one of my this is my favorite part. So God's like, all right, David's like, all right, do we have to go fight him? We're, we're going to go fight him again. Do you want to? We're going to attack. And do we do we do it? Do we do it? And God said, wait, wait, wait. Don't attack him from the front. You're going to attack him from the back. I love it when God confuses the enemy. Some of y'all didn't grab that. Because the enemy was expecting a head-on attack. But God said, nah. We're going to get the enemy from behind. He snuck up on you long enough. He's caught you off guard long enough. It has been a sudden and dramatic thing. And you thought, where in the world did that come from? Where did that trouble come? He says, but the Lord of the breakthroughs, what he's going to do today is he's going to break through so fast and so sudden and so dramatically that the enemy's going to say, where in the world did that come from? The enemy's going to be confounded. The enemy's going to be confused. I don't even know what's hitting me because the Lord's the one that's... And so... Are we going? Yeah, go from behind. But this is my favorite part of the whole story. He said, when you hear the sound in the tops of those mulberry trees, the wind is going to blow. It's going to sound like I don't know if it's thunder and rumbling and wind blowing. I don't know. But all that I know is when you hear this, when it sounds like a, a marching army, it's time for you to attack. Do you know why? Because the Lord has gone before. Oh, God. I want to let the devil know today that whatever you are going through, it is no match. As long as you can hear what I'm hearing today and the sound in the mulberry tree, as long as you can hear what God is trying to do and what God is trying to say, don't you worry about your little problem you've been dealing with. The thing you've been trying to let go of when you hear it and the Lord blows into this place. I want you to understand He's already before you. Victory is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Let's stand in the house of God. Woo. Oh, God Almighty. God Almighty. Oh, if we're going to build a culture of breakthrough, it's going to start with somebody. It might as well be you. It might as well be me. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this. And I'm going to open the altar if you want to pray. I'm not a cheerleader today. I'm tired. If you want to pray, the altars are open. Brian's going to sing a song for me. It's a song I like called Break Every Chain. That's exactly what I need God to do today. Break every chain. Break through. Break through. So, this is what God wanted me to say. Are you needing a breakthrough?
right? And then God wanted me to tell you, good, because He is the Lord of the breakthroughs. Sing, 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 sing. I got to quit. Power I got to quit. In the name of Jesus. The altar's open. It's, there is power. If you want to come pray, it's open. In the name of Jesus. Woo! God Almighty. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's so much power to break, break every chain. To break every chain. To break, break every chain. Hallelujah. Oh, there is power in Come find me somebody to pray with. Jesus. Come on, there's people praying. Come help them. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain. Can I get a helper? Can I get a helper? Can Help me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. God. There's people down here that need help. Help them. My God. Break every chain. Break every chain. Power in the name of Jesus. There's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. There's power. He can break every chain. He can break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. He can break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus.
Oh, I hear. 